This is Suspenders Unbuttoned, a podcast where friends talk with friends about TV, movies, and books. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Suspenders Unbuttoned podcast. We're excited today to be speaking to Jim's Jenkinson, who's joining us for my growing up Christmas list. I'm Hi, Julie. Jim. And I'm Sarah. And please I'm Jim. Um, welcome Jim. Thank you for being Thank here. You. Oh, it's great. That went smoothly. <laughs> Sometimes it's more bumpy than other days. <laughs> uh, Thank you for being here with us today. Um, we've been on a roll with podcast for um, my grown-up Christmas list. So we're really excited um, to have you here and to learn about your role. Very good. So you want me to explain my role? Well, yeah. Tell us, um, tell us a little bit about how you became involved in this film. Well, uh, a couple of years ago, I got a wonderful agent who uh, cast or who submitted me to a casting director named Alona Smith up in Ottawa. And uh, Alona must have liked something in what she saw in some of my auditions because she has uh, offered me uh, auditions in quite a few different uh, films along the way. We were talking mm -hmm. about uh, Feeling Butterflies and things like that, ones that I've uh, auditioned for in the past. But it was one of her auditions uh, that uh, I was doing for this show. And I was to play a, a farmer named Abel and the farmer uh, had two horses that uh, Kayla's character, Taylor, was very fond of. Okay. And the horses were going to be pulling sleighs in a sleigh ride in the Christmas thing. So uh, at that point, uh, the fellow who I'd hired to uh, take the reins on the horses was a fellow named Luke. And uh, that was the little interplay that I had there. I think I had two lines. Uh, one of them was, that, yes, ma'am, and that was about it. So... <laughs> Uh, I uh, I didn't hear about back about that one right away, and uh, thought, oh well. I mean, this is the actor's life. You audition yeah. how many times, and you get the odd one. And then I got offered the role of Frank, Grandpa Frank, in this one. I had no idea what I was getting, but I figured they looked at me and said, well, he could be a grandpa, and that would be the the way it went. Or maybe it was something in the way I talked to the horses. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> something about uh, the way you landed that yes ma'am line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it, it was a surprise. And of course, always, always uh, enthusiastic when it's an upgrade from two mm. lines to, uh, you know, 25 or so, which was mm -hmm. uh, much more fun. And I got to interact more with uh, a lot of the characters in there. So quite a nice role. Yeah. So what's the name of your character? Well, he's alternately Grandpa Frank, as he's known colloquially, and then Frank Tabor. Okay. A name that I don't even think shows up in the credits. But anyway, that's, that's who I'm <laughs> The credits are always a little bit of a mystery to me. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, uh, you know, sometimes you uh, you get in there and sometimes not, depending on where you're at. But they're pretty good with the, with these. But, yeah, Frank is, is Kayla's, Taylor's grandfather. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, uh I was talking to you a little earlier about uh, our family. It's a, it's a bit of an odd family and that Mrs. Uh, Tabor is not around. So I'm assuming that she's, uh, I'm a widower and uh, okay. she's not here. And, and neither is uh, uh, Taylor's father is not even mentioned, but mm -hmm. uh, her mother was my granddaughter, or my, my daughter, sorry. Okay. And then Kayla is, Kayla and Taylor sound so close together. I'm I know, sorry. right? Or, <laughs> right. So, Even Andrew was doing that yesterday. So yeah, you're yeah. not alone. Well, so technically we're the we're the family, you know. Right. She's Taylor Nichols and I'm Frank Tabor, but she's my granddaughter, and there's nobody in between us now. Yeah. And so, but uh, you know, it it was an interesting connection because uh, Taylor's mother, my daughter, uh, really celebrated Christmas in a big way, and okay. so uh, I think that. Uh, Taylor was feeling a little lonesome and she was coming back to a familiar tariff that she knew. And uh, that was, that was it. So she was, as you saw in the, uh, the trailer that she even volunteered to help me in my store at Christmas. Yes. Is it a Christmas store? It's uh, a general sort of hardware, okay. uh, decorative things, all yeah. the rest of it. The, the store is, uh, um, <coughs> It's open till late on Christmas Eve, apparently. So, because uh, you know, apparently she has to work, you know, as a purchase it. Yes. <laughs> I, a teenager, I worked in a in a hardware store that had like how 
the housewares and all like a whole sun that kind of junk over there and we stayed open late on christmas eve too it was ridiculous oh. um but no but it was i can totally visualize it i feel like it needs wooden floors and squeaks mm -hmm. a bit and yeah well, it's, I mean, of course, it all depends on on what the location is that they get for you. Uh, we've, yeah. we've got a, a few uh, old uh, old shops around that we've uh, used for things along the way, and it's uh, it's interesting how they turn them around and make them into something totally different. You know, because mm -hmm. you're, you're not always filming at Christmas time. I mean, I right. filmed them back right. in October, and it was raining nonstop. So any fake snow that was made just disappeared instantly. So, but uh, this time we were filming actually in. Uh, the last week of November and the first part of December, so mm. it was chilly. And yeah. was it? Uh, what kind of store was it? Do you know that you were that they transformed into this? I think it it had been a florist shop. Okay. Actually. Okay. So there were uh, yeah, there weren't any flowers kicking around, but there seemed to be some of that present. I mean, I've. I filmed several parts as older shopkeepers, <laughs> so <laughs> I may be confusing the the stores that I had there. So, but uh, yeah, that's oh, I, I, I love that that the the stores there because we've seen that clip where she mm -hmm. says, "I can't, I have to work tonight." <laughs> you're like, yeah. hey, go go." No, nah, no, nah, you know you're. <laughs> Go on, go on your date. Yeah, go, Grandpa, it's Grandpa not a date. date. No, Grandpa. It's a date. <laughs> Don't That's we embarrass your date, yeah. grandchildren, eh? I mean, it's like, <laughs> no, come on. There's this good looking lug here coming into the store. <laughs> exactly. It's like you Grandpa mode, like, you don't want to spend the evening with me. No, come on. No, it's a great little clip. It's not very long, but it's a fun, quick, yeah. like, mm -hmm. you should go. I'm not the going. Dynamic. Yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of fun. Well, you know, without, without, uh, you know, it's no spoiler that I've known Luke for a long time. Right. So, you know, it's not like this is some stranger coming in and accosting my granddaughter. Right. 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 You know, he's, uh, he's, he's been uh, in the store since he was quite small. So, okay. Right. So he's so it's a, like that family you really know. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The kid who's not a kid you really know. Yeah. Exactly. And if you're right. a parent, you're trying to set them up with somebody you think would be good for them. Right. <laughs> These are good people that come from good people, right? Yeah. right. Yes, 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 yes. So Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I get that. I get that. There's <clears throat> why do you sound so good today, Sarah? And I sound so awful. But um, uh, I'm trying here... really hard not to cough, but I feel a lot better today than I did yesterday. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm sorry but... to hear that. I'm I'm so far, I mean, we've 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 gone through the COVID things and all that sort of thing and uh, yeah, Amber was on day five of COVID, and we just oh, came from no. oh. came from Rama Drama, and everyone's got it. So yeah, that's that's quite a thing. I, I uh, it's sort of like a, a romance comic con, I guess. Yeah, yes. it's exactly uh, what it is, except mm -hmm. it's um, yeah. kind of a boutique style, so it's really smaller and more intimate. It was so fun, but and yeah. it was worth mm -hmm. it. It was totally worth it. Was it was worth getting sick. Yeah, we were, on a, we were on a podcast panel and did some other events yeah. there. It was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, I don't expect I, to ever be invited to one because I'm well past the romantic leading man uh, part. I usually play the, the grandfathers, the, the lawyer, the doctor, their teacher, whatever, you know, but uh, mm -hmm. that's fine. I, I, I kind of like the uh, supporting roles, the... Uh, um, you know, it's it's the the more there's there's a lot of really good minor players out there, mm. and that's the ones that I sort of you know look at and yeah. think like Robert Robert Forster was uh, okay. uh, yes, really a, a character king of the you know second second string, but uh, never lead. But you know, if, if you can do things like that, right. you get to uh, escape from all the publicity and be <laughs> you know your own man. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was it was hard to watch some of. Um, the actors not have personal space. <laughs> well, well it's here, so I yeah, I, I find it fascinating because since I've uh, I've been listed on some of your uh, your Instagram things, I've been getting a blast of people wanting to be my friend. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, okay. they'll, they'll they'll follow for sure. Um, We're um we. <laughs> The people that follow us normally and that watch our podcast really love to support people. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, once they see you in this movie, they're going to see you in all the things that you post, and they'll share them. And it's there just this go. little community that 
has evolved and it's really a lovely it's really lovely yeah they're very supportive we like hearing everybody's story yeah um and um people have really come along for the ride and so um no, like people, if you post that you're going to be in something else, people will go watch it, right? So, well, Hallmark movies have such a dedicated following. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, having been in a couple now, um, and then and a couple for lifetime and things like that, you know, yeah. you, you see that there's a a group of people that it's it's kind of like you know Harlequin romance at Christmas time. Right. And then, uh, you know, the, the other ones are sort of murder mysteries and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's, you know, the, the same people show up again and again. I mean, Kayla's done how many Christmas uh, homes for Hallmark along the way. And, yeah, I think know. this might be her first leading lady Hallmark. Mark, though, yeah, it is. Okay. She's done other networks. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And people will follow you to another network. If you're on something and they see it, they'll go watch it. Yeah. Um, we won't talk about that right now. As an actor for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we enjoy getting to see, see the path. Um, we have Jim, Jim, we have one of our regular guys. He, who is, is follows us. He's commenting. Yes. His name is Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the problem with that, you know, the, the, the there was a Jim Jenkins listed oh. on there, and I thought, okay. And then it when you when I, I think it was uh, when I first started acting, they always at, put a spot for your full name. So I put my full name. I put James Jenkinson in there. Yeah. And then everybody called me James on set, and I went, um, "It's okay to call me Jim, you know, like that's that's fine. That's how everybody has called me that since I was in grade nine. Yeah. yeah. But." Um, you know, it, it kind of gets stuck in there. So in the credits, it'll end up with being whatever. It, some of them will be Jim, some will be James. So. Yeah. Isn't it's that funny? a mystery, you know. So. <laughs> now we'll have to look to see what it says. Yeah. Um, let's get back to Grandpa Frank for a minute. Um, I'm yeah. curious, will we see um, him interact with, um, you know, Kevin's, not Kevin, Luke's family, like, assuming he has family members that, are part of the story um do we get to see interaction between you and and them there could be yeah it's possible um there's all kinds of things that happen in this film okay most of which might be spoilers but, <laughs> that's but, fine uh, that's fine we do uh, know that it's a long arc we do know that five yep. christmases right well <laughs> yeah and it's a. Uh, they're a pretty tight-knit group i mean let's let's say that mm -hmm. we all knew each other from way back so okay. you know i've watched taylor grow up i've watched luke grow up yeah um i've known you know some of the other characters through different things so uh yeah there's uh we're almost extended family with luke so it's kind of a okay okay even i love that sense of community sometimes yeah. like yeah yeah like we, we we volunteer for the same things and all that yeah. Stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and in and it feels like it's maybe a small town this setting Almost every one of these things is set in some small town, some middle America, small town. Yeah. which means that I have to drop my Canadian accent of, uh, you know, and usually if there's a retake or ADR that I have to do, it's because I said about instead of about, yeah. something <laughs> like that, you know, so um, we don't you know, want any Canadians to show up in this thing. How, is that hard Minnesota. to do? Sorry, you Julie. It's never shot in Minnesota. You can say it either way. We don't care here. <laughs> well, it was it actually. You know, there's, uh, yeah. A lot of Canadians end up being called on to do voice work for radio stations because they're pretty generally understood across all right. respect. Not the folks from Newfoundland, but you know that's that's their issue. But uh, yeah, it's it's all supposed to be Middle America. So whether it's right. Minnesota or Wisconsin or uh, Illinois, Iowa. you know, yeah. don't very often tell you where it is. I mean, one yeah. of the ones I shot in the truck had a license plate that said uh, Vermont on it. So I thought, ooh, East Coast. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Going to go with it. Go with Vermont. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, you know, you have to look at I, I always look at the script every time I go through and say, how often does he say out or about or, you know. And I don't, I, and I have to sort of say, it's almost like I hurt myself. Like, how? You know, it's out. And that doesn't come very naturally, you know. Right. We get accused of saying a boot. Yes. It's only my Scottish <laughs> relatives that do that, you know. Going to the hoops. Yes. <laughs> but in, in uh, 
in Canada, the accents, I don't, I don't know too many of them that actually do say a boot anywhere across, but that's what we're told we say. So <laughs> that's how it comes, comes across our ears a little bit, <laughs> but, I, but I do go through the script and I sort of underline things that I need to bear down on a little differently. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and sometimes it still slips, you know, once you've done 10 or 12 takes, right. You get pretty good at following the, so, and then, and of course the editors are great at, clipping things out and putting new ones in if they have to. So, right. Right. I always say we could never film this thing in one straight shot ever and have it look anything like what you see in the end. I mean, the, the people who don't get top billing, all of the crew and the, the yeah. people after the end, you know, they make us look good. And that's right. a big job with some right. of it. And uh, it's, you know, it, it is amazing because the end product looks far different from what I remember filming sometimes you know yeah uh, like i think that editing can t really make the look of a film um you ever shot something where you shot it and have one memory and then you see it and you're like i can't even find myself like where i was trying to orient yourself because it looks so different well yeah and, and of course sound effects and music in the background mm. I mean, to heighten the mood you know the music will pick up a little bit or then to make it seem more dark they lower it down you know and uh i i once watched uh, robert carley who's the musician who does the uh, a lot of the background music on murdoch mysteries i don't know if you mm -hmm. yeah okay um murdoch mysteries is one of those shows that shouldn't be around because apparently police dramas and period things are not popular and they shouldn't be centered in any one town so here you got a, a cop story that takes place in toronto in the 1890s through the 1910s and, <laughs> and it's still going in its 15th season so you know yeah well wow. period dramas are huge right now yeah. so bridgerton yeah. sanditon outlander they're massive oh, yeah. yeah so yeah no they're huge i'm getting ready to audition for outlander again here so oh but, gosh that would be so fun are you <laughs> no <laughs> I couldn't like, tell you if I was. Like yeah, I'm sorry, you know. But you, no, look you, you look like you should be, uh, yeah, throwing in with any of those crews in the, the Scottish crews. You, well, yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I did the ancestry thing to see what my background was. And of course, they keep upgrading. And I started out as 53% uh, Scottish and 45% <laughs> Irish, and the rest was Scandinavian. I thought, okay, and now it's come back. The last time I, I heard from them, they said I'm 68% Scottish, dropped down to about 12% Irish. And I thought that's interesting because both my my mother's father and, and uh, mother were Irish. Yeah. And so who knows? Obviously so not may have been. So what they're starting to be able to do is sub uh speciate the the dna splits into more splits yeah and so they probably came out of ireland but they pre but their bloodlines come out of scotland so they're wow. able to start placing those as they can break those pieces down more and more it'll give you more specific um they'll be able to split them out more so things that they were lumping together before now have been split yeah. out and um well my mother's my mother's father was from ulster and her mother was from the south of Ireland. So yeah. there was a real orange and green thing going on yeah. there. Yeah. And they got married. And, uh, of course, the Ulsterites there were Ulster Scots. They were brought over to build the ships. And so there's a lot of Scottish blood came into the north okay. of Ireland that way. So that wow. probably explains why it's more than 50% Scottish. Yeah, right. On that. Yeah, and so it's the history piece that goes along with the DNA that makes it so interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I find that fascinating. My mom has done um uh, you know my her side of the genealogy and it's all very interesting well it's it, it is interesting because you know the irish and scots were uh, uh all there's a lot of picts and celts and uh other sorts in there and then mm -hmm. i'm not sure if uh, well the scandinavian probably comes from some bodens that were basically vikings who got left behind on a raid and ended up mm -hmm. staying in scotland so yeah and they it's were in the family too so but it's, I'm uh, a little bit Scottish, but I don't look it. <laughs> well, I'm a lot bit Swedish. Pure, you know? <laughs> I, thought, I thought, surely I'm going to have something from, I don't know, there's there's somebody who comes from some exotic spot. Instead, I've got all these ruddy-faced, uh, <laughs> red-haired, big-eared people from, you know, Scotland, Ireland, and 
anyway, what can you do? So right, right. That's I mean, it I, may come as no surprise to you that my grandparents came from Sweden. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and not many blondes in our family. <laughs> My my son started out blonde and then very quickly turned dark. So you know, yeah. I'm a, I'm getting to be a polar blonde now. So that's my, yeah. Mm, See, that, me too. But you can't really tell yet. <laughs> Keep them. I know straight. you're lucky. You're lucky. It's getting there. See, you yeah. can tell. Yeah. Son, so you we've known each other for yeah. two years, and we just met this last weekend. So there you go. Yep. So that, that was fun. Hey, I got a, another uh, question about the movie though. Had you ever worked with anybody who was in the movie before? Yes. I, uh, I was pleased to see that Susan Hannon plays mm -hmm. uh, Luke's mom. Uh, my ex-wife from Galentine's Day Nightmare. Uh, <laughs> nice. nice. The, she was on it. Susan is a lovely lady. And uh, in spite of the fact, apparently we fought like cats and dogs on uh, on Galentine, but um, yeah, she was in it, and uh, a number of the uh, um, crew were from groups I'd worked with before: the wardrobe people, night makeup mm. people, um, some of the camera people were there. So, again, you know, um, I like to get to know the crew because they're, mm -hmm. they're an interesting bunch, and uh, you know, they don't they don't get much play. They sort of yeah set up stuff and it's it's amazing the stuff that gets done behind the scenes and we sort of arrive and there it all is and uh there's just just some great people but susan was the only actor on that one that okay. before but uh, it's nice to have cast and crew that you know and are comfortable with when you come mm -hmm. into a new project um well, also like that. only about four film production companies mm -hmm. and i think that a lot of the the crew and stuff play back and forth between whatever filming so um, you know, I've seen a lot of them before from times past in that right. kind of capacity. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, we've had uh, crew members on in the past and cost two different customers. It's very mm -hmm. interesting process to hear yeah. how all that happens. Um, um, in fact, we were comment commenting on with Kayla, um, just that we love the winter coats were not so hallmarky and actual, more contemporary winter coats. We uh, yeah. appreciated that, right? Um, Except for my winter coat, which I don't know if it shows in there because I think I took it off for it, but my winter coat's like about 40 years old, the one I had. Oh, for really? <laughs> but uh, yeah. Grandpa, you got the classic. There you go, yeah. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? <laughs> um, without giving anything away, do you have um, like a favorite moment or a favorite scene that you filmed? for this movie? Well, I have a number of scenes, yeah, a number of scenes with uh, Kayla. Mm -hmm. And uh, they say, she's a treat to work with, lovely lady. And, uh, you know, she's actually younger than my, my daughter. So, but it was, it was kind of, that's what I sort of related to in the, in mm -hmm. filming those. Um, in terms of best ones or favorites, something meaningful something you really enjoyed i mean just working with kayla in multiple scenes that's a good answer for me yeah you know it, it's it's nice to work with people who know their stuff who yeah. have their lines down and you know you're not struggling with it i've i've been there where i've waited for an actor to say the line that allows me to respond with mine and we're sort of sitting there looking away going like okay get around to it you know we, we got to keep yeah. going yeah. but no she was always spot on and uh you know it i don't know it was it was the overall set was just a great one to be on honestly i had a blast doing it mm -hmm. i was happy to be the character i was um the it's, it's not like uh abel got cast as, by somebody else he just disappeared from the movie altogether so <laughs> yeah um, you know, and I was very pleased to have the upgrade to uh, Grandpa Frank because uh, I, I did have a little bit of a challenge trying to figure out the logistics of how I could be her grandfather in reality. Yes. But well, I, I mean, that, my mom was a grandmother at 40, so. Well, that's true. But then Kayla's, Kayla's in her mid-20s, so it's kind of yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Right. And I'm I'm ever so young still, you know. But uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's no. I, um, We've just there, was, there was a scene that was kind of fun that, that that went on for a bit, but I think that there's quite a bit of the story is revealed in that. So I think yeah. I'll, 
Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was nice breaking with her. I didn't do as many scenes directly with Luke. Okay. With uh, uh, Kevin. Yeah. He, was, uh, uh, he was away a lot of the time. And that's so when he was away, Kayla was with me. So. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. So, no. I, and I think we see that Grandpa Frank and Taylor have this relationship. They're together. That's their family. So mm -hmm. that's what they have left, right? And so mm -hmm. I, I think it'll be wonderful to watch that pan out. Um, I kind of love that Andrew talked about how it's a long arc through mm -hmm. the whole story. It's not yeah. your favorite. It's not a traditional cookie cutter formula. No. No, that was one of the more appealing things about the script yeah. was that uh, – you know, I mean, if you've watched two or three of these Hallmark Christmas ones, mm -hmm. you, saw, you know, um, boy, boy knows girl in childhood, they drift <laughs> apart. And then years later, they run into each other again. And there's a child involved somehow. And then, you know, they fight a little bit or whatever, but they get back together and then all's happy at the end. Right. That's, 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 <laughs> that's kind of the cookie cutter version. And this one doesn't go anywhere like that, you yeah. know. Um, you know, I, I wondered because you know, in, in, in happy stories and stuff like that, they usually aren't recently recently deceased relatives and things like right. that. You know, so this one this one begins on a little more somber. And there's some tense moments in, involved in it because he's in the military. Right. So you know, it's uh, yeah, and it all comes around. And uh, I don't know if that's because Andrew was filming it, thinking, well, maybe Hallmark will pick it up, maybe not. You know. Right. Um, I think it, he was just attracted to something that was a little different and told a, maybe a little deeper story. It yeah. sounds like certainly sounds like it's going to be um, a lot deeper emotionally. Well, yeah, there's a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. Right. It, it's not that, all one, you know, one super happy, you know. Right. I think that people are excited for it because it's going to have a little more depth. Maybe um, Andrew thought it fit much better at Christmas time. But Hallmark, he's like, they got a camp one and something else and then this. And they said, yeah. well, he's like, I, I mean, I get why they're dropping it where they're dropping it. So, Well, because Christmas is terribly important to uh, both uh, Taylor and her grandfather, obviously, it's one of the best times. He's big on decorations and things like that. And uh, Luke's family are the same. They're, they're very much involved with Christmas. So I think that's, you know why it makes a, a good Christmas movie. I wasn't expecting to see it until November. Yeah. Yeah, nobody was. <laughs> yeah. But, Everyone was surprised. Uh, but there is a, you know, a, a deep backstory of other things going on that happen. And so, you know, it's it's not just, it just happens to be kind of a, um, obviously a romance, but also, you know, a, a little bit of drama. Mm -hmm. uh, not... Uh, there's some comedy in there, but that's mostly Luke. Right. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, so, I, 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 everyone is very intrigued. Like the more they hear about the story, the more people they're telling you, you should watch this because it's going to be yeah. a little different. And it's different. Yeah. People are yeah. excited to see that type of story. What I'm hearing reminds me maybe of like the old classic Hallmark, um, they used to have a specific name, but oh yeah, and I was trying to think of that last night, Sheila. If you're here, tell me, tell me what we're trying to she think was of. here earlier, but it was like their classics, and it's giving me that kind of feel that um, uh, that that it would be like that, that it's going to have Hall that of classic. Fame. Oh, my Hall of Fame. Thank oh, you. Right, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's well, exactly the, what it reminds me of. Yeah. Well, the writing in this one was very different from others. Okay, I, I think that the writing here was really exceptional. Now, that said, there were a couple of lines that we had to fiddle with to get them to, to fit. But, right. um, you know, sometimes you, you feel that it's, it's, it's a little too formulaic and it doesn't give you much chance to, to create a character that people can really get into. Yeah. And, you know, I don't expect everybody to fall in love with Grandpa Frank, but... I think as as a support character for Kayla in her arc, you know, that was a great spot for me to be because uh, I'm not a grandfather yet. Uh, mm -hmm. I've got three children, and I don't know when that's going to happen. But you know, right. uh, I can still relate to the concept, you know, right. and, and it's right. uh, it's right. uh, it's something to look forward to. And of course, you know, I'm I've been through dating adventures with my children, so I'm a, yeah. 
that sort of thing in the back of my head all the time. And it seems to me that you're more of a father figure to Taylor than a grandfather. So yeah, I get the feeling that her father wasn't on the scene for too long. Yeah. Grandpa Frank stretches back right. in a larger presence for right. um, more of her life than would ordinarily be the case, you know? So mm -hmm. I don't think right. it's a spoiler. It's, uh, you know, Right. No, I think that's kind of a given. The background, just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, based on the pictures they've released and the, and the clips they've released, it's clear. Process that's of elimination the that there's no other parents in the picture. Yeah. <laughs> we can right. figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah. take much to put those two together, right? Um, no, and I'm intrigued by that. I, I'm intrigued by everything. And I do, I this movie feels like it's going to be a movie that's going to show up at Christmas time again on that schedule yeah. multiple times. Yeah. And it's going to get shown year after year. I just feel, I haven't even seen it. And I just feel like it's going to become a regular, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think because it's not as formulaic as the general ones are, that it will be, uh, have a little more interest to it. You know, maybe draw a slightly different audience from the, mm. I mean, it'll, it'll always get the classic Hallmark audience who, I mean, there's, there's people having done the last Hallmark movie that keep sending me messages and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, you know, all right. <laughs> right. But uh, I think that uh, this one's very different from that. And it's, yeah. uh, it's different in a good way. So I think, yeah, yeah, it really sounds like it. And, you know, talking to Andrew and to Kayla yesterday and now to you, like, I think we're, we're all just really excited and interested to see how it's different and how it's going to show on screen. And I think it's going to stand out. I think it will stand out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing was we were filming all this stuff just outside of Ottawa, Ontario. And for a lot of the time, there was a ton of snow on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And of course, when we went to shoot things, it had all, there'd either been <laughs> rain or something else. I it all dried up. So I mean, there's a lot of, uh, trying to get the effect of snow in the, in places. I know for one of the scenes, they were hauling snow from someplace else. Oh, and in their feet. I was like, okay, you know, but uh, yeah, usually, <laughs> but usually in December, there's lots of snow to be had around there. So yeah, but uh, yeah, there wasn't, there weren't a lot of special effects involved in getting that to go. Yeah. Kayla talked about once where she's like, you could just go on and on and on with the shot because the scenery was correct. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So, it was set up for Christmas and there was snow. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's perfect when you got that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so, but cold. Then you get the cold. But, but I always find it interesting. Like the last one, of course, we're filming all these cold winter scenes and nobody has their breath showing. You know, like you, you can't see anybody's breath when they're talking. And I thought that usually happens when you get down into the 40s and yeah. the 30s. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Because we were, we were shooting at probably 65 degrees Fahrenheit. And, uh, so no breath. No, no yeah. breath. Yeah. And that's hard to get anybody to use special effects to get it in there. It's not worth it. <laughs> no, because it never looks right either. Um, no. Especially you live, I we live, Catherine, who's our podcast engineer, and I live mm -hmm. in Minnesota. Sarah lives in Rhode Island. We we see this. And so okay. when, when it's done wrong, you're just like, no, that's not well, right. Even in that, that really wintry scene that we shot the last time, you won't see any breath because the wind was going so damn fast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I heard it was windy. Gosh, that was a miserable day, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to probably be watching that scene to see how cold everybody is. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is not the goal for that scene, though, no, right? Okay. I, I actually saw it because we did the ADR on it uh, back in April, and uh, I was surprised at how good it looks. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Looks, you you don't see goosebumps on anybody, and it, it actually looks looks very good. So, uh, and I got a couple of extra lines of dialogue in there because there were points where I was watching something and I was sort of going, hmm. and they said, "You should say hmm." Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hmm. So, really, you need to put that in. But anyway, so, but uh, yeah, Somebody it's script uh, that. Sorry. Somebody script hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love that. Hey, let's um, shift a little bit and talk sure. about um, what inspired you to become an actor. How did you have a very interesting story? So tell us a little bit about that. Well, back in the 70s, I just completed an undergraduate degree in uh, in the sciences. And uh, I think I was in my third year when they told us that there weren't going to be any jobs for people with your degree after you get out. Um so I, I was uh, doing a part-time job and I saw an ad in the newspaper for an acting 
course, run by Karen Hazard, who I knew nothing about at the time. But Karen is a well-known, uh, I found out afterwards, Karen is a well-known Canadian casting director. And she offered this program saying that you would be cast in one film and one commercial. So since I had nothing better to do with my time, and I'd done a little bit of acting in high school and uh, younger things, um, I took her course. And sure enough, true to her word, she got me into one film and one uh, one commercial. The commercial was uh, an ultra bright toothpaste commercial. Yeah. <laughs> right there. Ultra and, bright. And it, yeah, and it no longer exists. But anyway, uh, colors. I, yeah. <laughs> and the other one was a, a very Canadian movie about the separation of Quebec from the rest of Canada, and I got to play the role of uh, the hotel doorman at the Grand Hotel in Paris, and uh, so they got me a doorman's outfit. And uh, I stood in front of the doors of Casaloma, which stood us for the, the Grand Hotel, and let Alexandra Stewart out of her Rolls Royce, and she went in, and then that was my 13 minutes of fame, or 13 seconds of fame, 13 minutes. Awesome. Of fame. So, yeah, uh, there was one other little job later on. They were looking for Arab bodyguards, and since I had dark hair and a mustache at that stage, they put sunglasses on me and shoved me in the back there. So she gave me that and more, two roles in one film. <laughs> which is not available anywhere. <laughs> uh, I love that. And so, how, from that course, did you, and from those two jobs, did you keep on going and keep auditioning? Well, or? well I got paid $100 for yeah. that day, which was pretty big money yeah. for 1978. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was the winter of 77, 78. But I, I'd been looking at something else. I thought, I'm not going to get anything that I wanted here. And uh, I'd applied to dental school, and uh, I got accepted in the University of Toronto. So I, I went through that, and uh, that pretty much occupies your time while you're doing it, and then getting mm -hmm. it, starting a practice and getting it going and so on. Same thing. So for the next 30 years, I did dentistry. And uh, it wasn't until... Um, 2005, I started noticing I was having some trouble with my eyes, mm -hmm. and I went and saw a retinal specialist, and he said, oh, he says, you're using those curing lights, and I said, yes, we are, and he said, well, how long have you been using them, and I said, well, since 1983, and he said, oh, yeah, they didn't have the protective eyewear for them then, uh, he says, yeah. we see this all the time, yeah. something they don't tell us you know, in dental school. But anyway, um, so yeah, so I was having a lot of trouble with my central focus. And I don't mm -hmm. think that's very good to have a dentist who can't see a straight line and right. like that. So I, I uh, before it progressed any further, I lined up to get the practice sold and uh, got out of it. So mm -hmm. um, then I actually was so bored one Christmas, I took a job at Lee Valley Tools, which is a, a big company here across Canada, and I got it from October to December 24th, the Christmas rush. So I have background. Yeah, you stuff. can bring that experience into all yeah. your yeah. shop owners. Yeah. Selling tools, selling yeah. tools. So I did that I for a bit, and I did some uh, public relations work for a, a food company, fresh produce and, and things like that. And then uh, I started taking acting classes back in 2009 or 10 and started auditioning for stuff uh, more seriously about 2012. So I did a lot of student films and things like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. I played a priest. I played a like backcountry guy. I played uh, one I don't talk about too much. I, I played almost not a child molester, but a guy who was involved in uh, child sex trade, believe mm, it or not. Okay. Yeah. Not a Hallmark movie at all. No. Uh, I feel like that would be hard to play. It was, I, you know, and it's funny, it was, uh, it took place in Jamaica. It was bringing 12-year-old uh, black girls up from Jamaica mm. uh, for a Toronto sort of market. And um, the girl who wrote it, or the woman who wrote it, uh, was from Jamaica, and she had experience with some of this stuff. So it was a very wow. personal story for her. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was just sort of villain number two. Uh, yeah. The other guy was villain one. And um, at one point, I'm supposed to be sitting on the bed and going to mm -hmm. assault this young lady. Mm -hmm. And her parents are in the room, which is always a good, her actual parents, but the right. actor's parents. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I'm saying, you know, like, I feel a little uncomfortable about this because at that stage, my kids were, you know, teenagers. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and the little girl turns to me and says, 
don't worry, it's just acting. Oh. <laughs> wow. And I said, okay, out of the mouths of babes. So anyway, we managed to get it, and that, yeah. that was it. But it, it's, uh, you know, it, it, you'd get a certain amount of personal involvement in it, and that inspires your performance. And I yeah. had to be like this was an everyday thing for me. Right. And I don't think I was very successful at that. But, uh, you know, anyway, that was it. But I've, I've done all kinds of different characters along the way. Different. Uh, uh, I've actually played a priest twice. And um, I've done uh, oh, some of those um, reenactment movies, uh, okay. you know, uh, motives and murders and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, the one thing I haven't played is a doctor. Oh, that so uh, I've not. I'm done surprised. That. So you can't say I'm not a doc, or I'm not a doctor, but I played one on TV. Yeah, I'm a doctor, <laughs> but I don't play one on TV. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like backwards. So, so my, my practice was more of a, a what you what you in the states would call a holistic dental practice. It was a non amalgam, non. Uh, yeah, that's uh, lot, that's my love language. Yeah, it's um, they don't, holistic dentistry is not considered a, a specialty in dentistry in Canada, so you're not allowed to cause yourself that. So, all we did is our our, our tagline was that we've been mercury free since 1983, and uh, we uh, our whole office was designed to minimize the mercury exposure for, yep. for patients. And uh, I really enjoyed it. We saw it from all over the all over North America, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, super important. So Sarah is very into um, holistic care and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm very much in traditional medicine. And I'm going to tell you, I will be the first one to line up at your no, no mercury place. It's one of the things we had to remove out of medicine. Mercury is a, is a poison. Mm -hmm. It causes dementia. Um, and there are so many things mm -hmm. that are, I mean, if you look at a lot of older dentists, they tend to have twitches and tremors. And so uh, it's the mercury poisoning. Uh, the the scene out of um, Alice in Wonderland, Mad as a Hatter. Um, yeah. They were all mad because the solution they used to block their hats had mercury in it, yeah. and all came in through their skin. And so generations of families would go literally mad, would have dementia from their mercury poisoning. And so it was a very important piece to get out of mercury, and that you were proactive about that. Yeah, um, uh, yeah wonderful we, alternative. We lobbied uh, Health Canada. To it and they actually i mean my name is on one of the papers on the safety of dental amalgam which is kind of a, a it's huge moron but uh yeah. yeah there's 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 no there's no safe use of mercury in any biological system right. so right. of course right. each of the other elements the silver tin indium all have their own toxicity right aspects to it too as well and one of the things I, I would sell people is that, you know, if you want, we can work with a new type of silver filling, which we've replaced the, the mercury with lead. And they go, oh, my God, we can't put lead in our mouth. Right. Well, the toxicity right. profile for mercury is actually 10 times worse than for lead. So, right. you know, so as long as it's not in kids, it's not the same exposure. So kids, we actually see their mental capacity change. I work in pediatric critical care. so. Yeah. Well, actually, all we were trying to get it eliminated totally from from uh, child. Uh, like we didn't do any of it in our office. Yeah, we seemed to think that that was too difficult for most dentists to do. That in pediatric dentistry, it was so much easier just to use amalgam. And I thought, yeah, but you're putting it into somebody whose immune system's just developing. Right. And you know, you have people who've had fillings since before they can remember. Mm -hmm. And they don't know what they were like before that. And when right. you remove it all, and we used to take it out under a particular protocol to minimize right. the exposure. And then we had a naturopath and a, a chiropractor and a neuromuscular guy that we worked with, plus a craniosacral lady yes. who were all in our group and an orthodontist and an osteopath. So there you go. I love that you we have, have all, those. all those kinds of doctors. So I yeah. love that you have all that as a group so that Support, you can yeah. look at things. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, sometimes it can the body from after you take them out. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, you still got an ongoing load and yeah. it takes, takes quite a bit to remove it. And uh, I, I went through the whole chelation therapy to get mine mm -hmm. out. And of course, mm -hmm. you discover some, sometimes along the way that some of the chelations actually make it worse. Um, right. EDTA is not a particularly good one. It, uh, Nobody it, uses that. No. Well, I haven't seen that in my career. I've been out 34 years. Well, it's it's cheap. Yeah, right. would get used in a lot of cases, but uh, the DMBS and DMSA are the common ones right. that we used, and that was developed uh, 
for the Russians actually to keep the guys working in Chernobyl going for longer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 But um, no, everybody has their part in it. And, and I think that, you know, part of what I found when I started in dentistry is that I didn't feel I deserved my doctor uh, moniker because uh, realistically I was uh, nine parts carpenter and one part physician. And so I spent a lot of time learning about the effects of what I was doing on the body. And that's when I decided yeah. shortly after I, I got into practice, I decided I wasn't going to do mercury anymore. And uh, so I was told I'd go bankrupt and all those sorts of things and it didn't happen. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's been many, many years, but unfortunately the light cured systems we used early on, uh, right. Have the protection. We we used to wear glasses for the ultraviolet cured ones because that right. was a concern. But when yeah. it, white light, nobody thought. But it's intense white light and it's reflected back off teeth. So, you know, what you get in your eyes is much more powerful. It's like looking at the sun for all that period of time. Right. So. right. And you tend to use the same spot to focus all the time, so the light was coming back into the same spot uh, every time. So you're looking directly sure at it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I bet the eye doctors see it over and over. They do, yeah. And, and then the doctor I went to see his one brother was a uh, dentist and the other brother was a heart surgeon. Mm. He said, we don't see that kind of eye problem in heart surgeons. So anyway. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then you're probably, I can't see from here, are you blue eyed besides? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. So then that's the blue eyes. Blue irises let in more light too. So I, I have, I have so very, very lidded eyes, I'm told. I look yeah. like I'm falling asleep most of the time. So I have to go on the <laughs> like this and go, oh, hi, you know. So there you go. I'll put on my set face for you. There we go. Except my eyebrows go up too. So <laughs> I'm not being filmed now. So you're okay. Love it. Yeah. That's an interesting I, journey, though, yeah. to get from one place to another. And that acting was a part, and then the dentistry came in, and then the acting came back. And that's just a. A very interesting journey um, uh, to where you're at right now. Um, I, I, I lived a lot better when I was doing dentistry than I do as an actor. I still try to figure out whether I, if I take all of the classes that I've taken along the way and total them up, what I paid for those and how much I've been paid as an actor. I think I, I might still be a li little behind the eight ball. I'm not, not quite ready to uh, to kill my day job, but sort of more yeah. right now. But uh, yeah, but it is fun doing the acting. So I, I enjoy it just because it's something totally different and you get to practice being any number of different people. Right. And Do I you have, have, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I had a big practice. I had 7,800 patients in my oh, life. Oh, yeah, you had a big practice, and yeah. So I got to meet lots of different personalities and, uh, you know, it. you can draw on that. Draw on that for, yeah, different people. So. Oh, I love that. So I do I. I. So neat, yeah. Hope that none of my patients recognize themselves in any way. <laughs> or maybe they will be happy to see themselves there. Could be, yeah. My yeah, hairdresser right? is terribly excited to think that he's the, you know, he knows me. And I'm right. like, okay. You know. But he, he knows me more from Umbrella Academy. I was, I was, uh, worked for three months on Umbrella Academy back okay. last week. So. Okay. We had, the background um, on that one. We had Alyssa Gervasi. Is that how you say her name? Yep. She was. She little was girl on that a, a little bit of the umbrella factory yeah 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 so it's uh yeah so anyway it, it is interesting I'm, I'm hardly a celebrity at this stage in the game and i don't expect to be but that's actually fine with me you know so yeah yeah it's, i i think it's fun that you're you're still bringing your practice kind of along on the ride with you by drawing on these personalities so i think that's really neat some amazing characters you know i i had i i, I had can imagine yeah, yeah. I, I had quite a quite a group, and and as I say, people from all over North America. Some of them were amazing. Yeah. Um, and of course, I followed some of them through their journey as to getting better and uh, yeah. some amazing turnarounds. Of course, it's all anecdotal. This wasn't scientific, which right. college constantly reminded me of. But yeah. uh, it's uh, it is nice to have done those sorts of things and see people get so much better. So right. Yeah. Well, case reports though. Um, we all know they get published. So. Um, Sometimes you are, you can publish case reports. Uh. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, it's interesting because the the Royal College likes to see everything that goes out on the media. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got they called me many many times about you know something I was doing that someone had reported on, 
And uh, I would say, well, I'm sure you're familiar with the papers by so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so that say that this is actually a better way of doing what we've been doing all along. Yeah. Evidence-based medicine. And then there'd be a, a pause at the other end and they'd say, well, no, we haven't seen that. Would you mind sending those to me? And yeah. absolutely. I'll, I'll fax those to you right now. Yep. And then I said, by the way, would you mind sending me the articles you have or you say you have that uh, demonstrate that yeah. amalgam is totally safe? Because I can't find them. I've got 50,000 articles on file mm -hmm. that say it's dangerous. I haven't got a safe one yet. They say, oh, yes, we'll do that right away. Never got anything. Back. They never got anything. No. Yeah. So they kind of they kind of were looking forward. I don't know whether they were they were doing something in my eyes or not. They wanted to get me out of the, the league. But we had um, we actually had one one last dental story for you here that um, back in 94, I was down at an IAOMT meeting, which is the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. And this was in San Diego. And there was a guy there demonstrating these scavenger units that you could put on your wastewater going out. Okay. In dentistry, the suction units pull all the bits and pieces of the fillings mm -hmm. out, and then they put them down the drain, and God knows where they go after that. You know? Right. Mm -hmm. so, so we got one of these things because we live in a, uh, in a very um, mm -hmm. populated with lakes area, a lot of freshwater lakes, and they're, they're very delicate because it's a bit of acid up there. So there's not much buffering capacity in the water. So we got one of these things and we put it on and every three months we take all the little canisters of the stuff that had collected and put it in a thing and ship it down to Albany, New York, where they refine it all out. And I guess, so between 94 and 2002, they'd been collecting this stuff from us. So eight years, basically, seven or eight years they've been collecting from us. Okay. I get a call from this guy down there and he says, do you have any idea how much mercury and stuff we've got? I said, no, you haven't told us and I said oh he said well we've extracted 21 pounds of mercury wow from your now you have to understand that we didn't put fillings in this was just taking them Take out. out yeah so uh. the, the most rich in mercury are the fresh ones you know so uh we were that's all you know thousands of teeth I guess that were but anyway I said wow that sounds like a lot he said yeah it's enough to contaminate a hundred thousand acre lake so you can't drink the water and you can't eat the fish that's crazy and I thought, you know, there were there were only six dentists in Huntsville when I started. There were about 12 when I left. But there's 6,000 dentists in Ontario. And mm. all of them are just putting their stuff down the drain. Yeah. So one of my assistants, her father, was a, uh, a newscaster. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm. So we had a bit oh, of nice. a... Um, yeah. He did a little interview with us. Uh -huh. And then they, the people who made the scavenger posted it in the newspapers. And so it ended up on a little newspaper that goes on the Toronto subway line. Okay. And my life got really interesting. After, I bet. I uh, bet. Because what was I doing? What, what this, you know, like it just became this horrible thing because I'd uncovered this stuff that nobody was supposed to know. Mm. for I think it was required in the United States. Well, I think in Minnesota that you scavenge that. Also, uh, the land of 10,000 lakes. I mean, lots of lakes here yeah. too. So, I think that's been required around here for a very, very long time and probably upstate New York too, probably why that company's out there. Not sure because um, the American Dental Association has the patent on dental amalgam. So they kind of have a vested interest in keeping it being used. But yeah, the, the, with this thing going like that, of course, what happened is there was great public outcry. It was on the national news systems, everything else like that. And so uh, the Royal College decided in 2003 that every dentist in Ontario had to have one of these scavengers. Okay. Well, they all yeah. got installed by 2003, I think that. And so, true to form, I got a call in 2004 saying, you didn't ask for a scavenger, what's going on? You know, you, you, you have to have one in. And I said, well, actually, I have an updated version from what you have already in here. Mine takes out 99.8%, yours are 93.4. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean seemed a little odd that the guy who kind of exposed this thing for him wouldn't have had it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's that actually is probably one of the things that I'm most happy about. That is the legacy well, I, thing was the fact that we got yeah. all these guys in there because we are a province of lakes like Minnesota. We got glaciated yeah. over so there's big chunks of rock with water between them. And uh yeah, so that was it. So that's we got cool. well, gosh, I, that's I amazing that. work. Yes. Thank yeah. you for yeah. that. Yeah. In your path to becoming an actor, um, that you were a dentist <laughs> in the middle of it. Uh, then you made yeah. a big impact too. So, right, well, it's, right. It's, it's 
funny because you know I, I can actually say that when I retired, people were sad to see me go, and I, I love that because yeah, that's like, fun. You ask people I love that you have so many characters to draw in from people who are your patients. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I mean, oh, there's there's so many. I mean, I I, I say a lot of them have passed on now because it's it's been almost right. like 15 years since yeah. I was in practice, but uh, you know it's a. Uh, it's an interesting trade. I mean, you do something like that, you can really enjoy it. I wouldn't, I would still be doing it and I would never have gone into acting if I hadn't run into the visual problem. Yeah. Right. Which is right. a bit of a challenge for scripts. I, you know, I always show up on set with my scripts and they're blown up to like a 24 font so that I can, I can read it without my glasses on. And right. So it's, it's been a challenge, but it's still, it's still fun. It works. Work on the old memory here. <laughs> right. Right. No. Um, I, I love that. Um, um yeah what were you gonna say really go ahead i was gonna say what do you like about acting versus being a dentist or anything else that you've done in your career well aside from the first year and a half in dentistry i i i wasn't really terrified after that point you know because i you right. always come out feeling you're not prepared for this and they're gonna recognize me as being an imposter doing this sort of thing and then uh, after a while you realize you do know what you're doing and there's i haven't gotten to that point with acting yet <laughs> still waiting for that light to come on um what i did find is that you know with the set like the one that was on this this set in particular it was very easy to relax about it probably yeah. after my my first movie last year um i got far more relaxed and playing the roles and so that makes a big difference because it's you know i look at some of them and i don't i try not to watch them because yeah. <laughs> but we hear that a lot actually it's interesting it's, it's interesting know. and i i found that you know when i relaxed more the characters were more believable so mm -hmm. you know that's that's the big thing is being comfortable on there and when you're around people that have got your back which they did and you know that yeah. that was pretty terrific so it's it's uh it's a slow road i mean from 2011 or so from when i first started auditioning to 2021 when I started actually getting, you know, parts that were more than just, you know, one line and right, uh, right. Uh, that that's, uh, you know, but doing as many as I did last year, it did help me to relax. And I think that's, that's improved it too. So, um, and actually Andrew very kindly said he's working on something now where he thinks he might have something for me. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I'm not going nice. to hold if I know this business, you know, Actors are the kind of people they say there's a one in a million chance that you'll get this role, and they go, "Sounds like good to me," you know. <laughs> I go for it. Yeah. Now, you obviously have had a very fulfilling career um, as a dentist, and and kind of being a leader in that field. Is there something that you find fulfilling about acting? Yeah, it's kind of my second act, really, here because I, I I did a couple of other things in between, but this one has sort of been in the background. Mm -hmm. Um. I occasionally do stuff that terrifies me just for the good of it. You know, yeah. I don't know why it Spend does. Spend yourself. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I generally had an audience of one and uh, they had no choice but to listen to me. Um, <laughs> so this, this is, this is quite different, but it, it's, uh, you know, I, I have to realize that I have a niche, which is that sort of, benevolent old guy who gives lots of advice and nobody really listens to him. And, and so, you know, that's fine. Um, but I, I think that, you know, Frank was uh, a good character with a lot of heart to him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a very warm relationship between uh, Taylor and I on that. And so it, you know, I could happily do that kind of stuff for quite a while. Mm -hmm. It's and an easy fit. Um, I, you know, I don't think I want to take on Tom Cruise's roles, you know, <laughs> you know the helicopters and stuff. I know Tom's getting up there, but it's, you know, that's not my my thing. But, you know, I I do Indiana Jones, but maybe not. Yes. Right, right. So I was just going to say, is there a role you'd like to really play or a style? You know, I'd love to do something in Paris. Give me a chance Aww. to work my French back up again. And then... Uh, so I you speak French? Un peu, yeah. I... I Apparently, I speak it. <laughs> the guy in the hotel, because I spoke French to them all the time, they, they, they much prefer it if you speak French to them. Okay. If you do it for a minute and you're not very good, they appreciate the effort and they'll say, would you be more comfortable if we spoke in English? Yeah. 
Okay. After that point, you would swear they didn't speak a word of English. Uh -huh. But uh, I tried, and it, it, it worked out well. When you're not using it, you get rusty. Yeah. But, you know, I have a number of of cds i play and they get me back into it pretty quickly if i if i go but my french apparently is old oh okay so, so what do you mean it says well you use bicyclette instead of velo and uh, you know you you say brun instead of marron uh, going like okay well the guy i learned from came over to the states in 1949 so i guess <laughs> all my french dates from before then so but i, I right. I love Paris, and I, I would love to play some sort of character in there. Uh, you know, Ernest Hemingway, but he didn't he didn't have the beard, I don't think, when he was in Paris. But you know, it's 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 a it's a place I'd love to spend more time. And yeah. if I can do it acting, that would be great. Um, you know, I I think that uh, these roles are are very comfortable. Right, man. Like to see something that was a bit more of a challenge. You know. Yeah. Being a university professor or something like that, and you, know, you have to look at it. I, I think I could do homeless guy pretty well. Um, <laughs> you know, my wife hates it when I say that. She says you have never played a homeless guy. No, no, but I could see you as a university professor. It wasn't Indiana Jones a professor? He was. Right, yes. Doctor Jones on with the, the, with the girl with I love yeah, you on the islands. Doctor yeah. Jones. Yeah. Doctor Jones. Oh, one of my um, biology pro professors at undergraduate and was my advisor. Name was Dr. Jones, and so I maybe said that way too many times. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, there's a guy who's had a, a long-lasting career and has been able to carry it on quite well into his 70s. You know, I remember when he played with Sean Connery. There was only 13 years apart between father and son there. So I guess you know, Kayla and I are pretty safe with the grandfather, granddaughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the way it goes on TV sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. So. just a little. A little Hallmark magic. <laughs> well, ordinarily, without the beard, I played a lot younger than my age. Mm. Right. But my but wife with... look younger with the beard. I don't know. That's you'll see both now, so you can you can make. The <laughs> make we'll have make to put in a poll. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, the poll with the beard without. Yeah. Um, let's let's switch gears again and tell us: Do you have a favorite Christmas movie that you watch every year? Yes, and it's a recent one. Uh, up until before the uh, till before this last one, um, I used to like uh, was Mary Steenburgen uh, and uh, One Magic Christmas. Okay, yeah. Was shot in Collingwood, Ontario. Lots of snow okay. there for that one. Um, had uh, uh, Jan Rubisch as Santa in that one. He's a long-standing Polish-Canadian actor. Um, but my favorite now. Is an animated film, believe it or not, and it's not the the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer with okay. Hermie who wants to be a dentist. Okay, Kirby does want to be a dentist. It's 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 called Arthur Christmas. Yes. Oh yeah, sure. Yes. You, have you seen that one? Oh, it's got a phenomenal cast. Yes. And it's just such a great story. Yeah. And and I heard a, it was a broadcast on the CBC and they were asking this guy who reviewed all the movies what his favorite Christmas movie was. And he said, Arthur Christmas. And I'd never heard of it because it got virtually no public. Yeah. You know? I think it just like came out on, is it Netflix maybe or something here? Right. Um, yeah. It was, it, was, yeah. But it was like 2013 or something like that. It's, it's yeah. not new. But I went to it. I thought, well, where am I going to find this thing? And I looked on Amazon. I didn't see it at that point. So I walked into Walmart and sure enough, and they're discounted things for $5 yeah. a piece. I found Arthur Christmas. So I bought it. Uh -huh. and Kristen and I watched it that night. We're totally enthralled. I went back and bought three more, went in each of the kids' stockings for that. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So, yeah. It's, it's just a great little, little one and sort of the, the transitions of Santa Claus, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now we go no. Yeah, no, that's a it's a great one mm -hmm. for yeah. sure. And um, lots of Scottish elves. Yeah, right there. Um, <laughs> Brian, there's always time for a bow, you know. Right. Yeah. So. No, sometimes those are like the best treasures. Uh, yeah. That little bit off the beaten path that yeah. people are like, no, oh, this is actually super good. So. I mean, it's hard not to like "It's a Wonderful Life" and things like that. And lots of people who love Die Hard. Get that debate of Christmas. 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 Oh, I fall into that's not a Christmas movie. Yeah, so it's you know, but uh, yeah, there's some there's some great old time ones with Big yeah. Crosby and you know, yeah, White, White Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. yeah, lots of singing and stuff. We don't get the musical Christmas things so much anymore. No, you no, know? no. 
the Santa Claus and Elf, other than Elf singing in the bathroom. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, Paul Green used to come into the set of uh, uh, Christmas CEO strumming his guitar. Yes. And singing along, I said, like, Paul, we're actually filming right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, this does not surprise me. <laughs> nope, not at all. I mean, he's playing my son, so I treated him like dirt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, we, 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 had, uh, we had some fun in some of those scenes. But uh, it was, yeah, sometimes that wasn't really part of the, the script, the, the music coming in at that point. Yeah. So we had to skip that. So. Get, get one other. He actually yeah. sang from a. Uh, one of the bars patios while they were filming that oh, right. and one of our administrators for our Facebook group went over there and got him on an Instagram live. <laughs> well, I mean, Paul loves a camera. Yeah. He loves to play yeah. and he loves to talk. So yeah. 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 we had him on the podcast. We had him on the podcast last fall. Was it last fall? Yeah. Um, he was very easy because he loves to talk. So Jack. he was easy. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those guys who has a perpetual two-day five o'clock shadow. You know? <laughs> yes. I don't think I've ever seen him clean shaven. <laughs> He's great. He was a lot of fun to have on. How about a favorite Christmas song? Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Hmm. That's a toughie. Um, I don't know. I, I always have a, the CDs of medleys and stuff like that. It's probably one of the older older ones you know I, I i remember sing along with mitch when i was a kid we had the old lp of that and i used to play it and uh those were some of my favorites you know sometimes it's it's you know something like god rest you merry gentlemen which really isn't yeah. it's not a it's a christmas song but it doesn't really have that specific you know joy to the world type thing right or, right or mama got run over by a christmas yeah, anyway. Yeah, no. Um that's awesome. Well, I think we've hit over an hour, so we should probably wrap up. Oh, we've, yeah, stealing, we've stolen enough of your time. <laughs> but we really appreciate you being here with us. You still have some followers when you're done after listening to this guy drone on. <laughs> oh, they'll love it. They'll keep watching. They'll keep they watching. They will, I promise you. Um, so Catherine's gonna bring us out, but you hang on for another second. We'll say goodbye. Um in the in the green room. So yeah. bye everybody. So Thank bye you. Everybody. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.